What's that movie with Jody and the little dog falls in the well with the lotion? Silence of the Lambs. You're the lamb, Lenny. We can use that to our advantage. Welcome back to Head Full of Hannibal, your Baltimore-based Fanable podcast. I'm Amy. I'm Jen. And we are on our episode number 13, where we're covering season one, episode 10, Buffet Freud. Cold buffet. A cold buffet. (laughs) Yes. Which apparently is a buffet that's laid out where people can just help themselves because it's not hot. It's like... Room temperature foods. Yeah. Uh, Which just makes me really want a buffet. (laughs) (laughs) A cold cut sandwich or something. Which reminds me, did you ever go to Horn and Horn and Laurel when you were a kid? No. You ever went there? It was like a Horn and Horn smorgasbord. Did it turn into like the old, old time country buffet after a while? It's similar, but it was in a different location. I think I went to the one in Glen Burnie when I was a kid and we used to totally waste food and just pile everything up on a plate. It was a horrible. Yeah, it's a very bad model. I was actually only in it for the soft serve ice cream machine. <laughs> so there's some things about me that are eternal about a soft serve ice cream. But yeah, I used to go with my grandparents because I, I think for like my grandfather, it was like the ultimate. Mm-hmm. He's like, you just eat whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> as much as you want. It's probably much different than the whole French yes. cold buffet for yes. a lunch thing. Yeah, but I can imagine. Having not been raised in France... I have to, I have to go with what I had. <laughs> um, today we are, uh, drinking uh, spiked lemonade. I made lemonade from a recipe that I found. This is a, a circuitous explanation. A recent Sporkful episode was about, uh, Rosa Parks Featherlight pancakes because her, uh, papers were all released digitally, I think from the Smithsonian. And in, you know, all these letters and stuff, there was a recipe for her pancakes written on the back of a bank envelope. Oh my God. Which had peanut butter in them. And so the guy who hosts Sporkful was fascinated. Yeah. With this idea. Um, so we had, they ended up talking about peanuts as an African American food mm-hmm. and in the African diaspora. And then he met with Rosa Parks nieces and talked about her cooking. And they talked about how she never cooked anything quickly. And she'd, you'd go over and she'd say, do you want lemonade? And mm-hmm. if you said yes, she'd be like, okay, I'll make it. But it involves boiling the lemons wow. in water for like an hour. <laughs> it's so interesting, this yeah. lemonade. It's completely different yeah, it's, than it's very different. lemonade. I like it. It's, And we're having it with Grey Goose vodka and some lavender bitters. Mm-hmm. Um, but it makes almost like a concentrate that then you sweeten Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'll do a link to the episode because they have the recipe is take lemons, cut them in quarters, put them in water, boil until they fall apart, add sugar and water. Wow. That's it. Because you think it would be more bitter because the whole lemon's mm-hmm. in there, but it's not. Yeah. I mean, it's got a little bit of a bit, the bitterness, but then it's really, like you said, it's oily, but it's yeah. kind of silky. Yeah. I like it. It's got body. Yeah. So it's fancy. It's not like a zesty, light, like country fair lemonade. Oh, some serious <laughs> shit. <laughs> and then I put Grey Goose in it, which I can't taste at all. Mm. So we're going to be a little bit careful. It's my illicit bottle of Grey Goose from work. One of our customers sent it to somebody who works with us as a thank you gift, except he works in a different state. And he was like, just keep it. And I keep meaning to divide it up between me and the two other people in the office. And Too late. Too late. <laughs> See how much is left. Um, 
And I, uh, I posted a picture to Instagram. We had a new bakery open up locally. So, um, I have macaroons for later. And I also made this really good blueberry rosemary bread pudding, breakfast bread pudding. Oh, yum. Yeah. So you can have some if you <laughs> we might need to take a break. Yeah. If we take a mid session <laughs> break. Um, and then I also wanted to say this was just a local, uh, drinking thing. There is a Baltimore, Baltimore whiskey company which is a local distiller, which started up in the last two years, last year or so. Um, and their first offering was Shot Tower Gin, which I haven't had, which I know I'm going to really want to have because it won a gold medal at the prestigious San Francisco World Spirits Competition. Wow. Yeah. Baltimore. And their head distiller, Eli Breitberg-Smith, was an old co-worker of mine at a cafe I worked at. And he's also brewed beer for... Baltimore Rock Opera Society. <laughs> I think he's one of the people who started it. And his mom was our friend Heather's boss. <laughs> Just to bring it on back I to know. episode whatever. I read that. I was like, Baltimore is so small. Yeah. So, um, cool. yeah, it's actually nice. We got a lot of stuff opening up in our neighborhood, too. So I'm going to go eat my way across the neighborhood for spring. <laughs> um, so the first thing I had after that was... Our American God's thoughts. Oh, yeah. Well, we're about to watch episode three, three yeah. after this recording. Yeah. So we've seen one and two. And, and we saw one twice. Well, yeah. <laughs> we went up to the bard talk, which was awesome. It was great. Which Jen sent me the link and I, and I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. That's cool. And I let a couple days go by and I, I thought and I messaged her back. I said, do you really want to go to this? She said, yeah. I said, go get us tickets. <laughs> It was awesome. And then like a couple weeks later, a couple friends of mine who were not Hannibal people heard me talk about it. And they're like, we want to go. So we all got an Airbnb and went up to upstate New York. And now your one awesome. friend is watching Hannibal, right? Yes. Just, no, wait, no. no. Wait, Sarah is. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah's we- watching it. Um, it's she, <laughs> she sent me a text message that was, what was basically like, I could deal with the fact that Hannibal's eating people, but I can't deal with how he's how he's treating Will. And welcome to being a fanable. <laughs> I immediately sent it to Jen. It's like, and there you are. Yes. I was like, yes, welcome to the somebody please save Will Graham contingent. Uh, but the event was really cool. It was neat to see the episode with a really large group of people. Mm-hmm. Like just the sort of energy of that large group. And then they did a, a Q&A. And I feel like there were some good questions. The, I think the best one being who exactly is Brian Fuller? Oh, it was great. Yeah, it was really funny because there are obviously people in the crowds with flower crowns and stuff, but a lot of people are like, who the hell is Brian? So then Brian had to explain himself and gave a crazy origin story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was good. I think people tweeted everything. Yeah, we met up with some fanimals beforehand, mm-hmm. which was awesome and very overwhelming to meet a bunch of people yeah i totally shut down <laughs> i was like this is too many people i'm sure they're all lovely i can't talk to any of them because yeah. it's like loudness yeah it was crazy but we'll meet everybody again yeah <laughs> either in november or in february <laughs> if they could just come on the podcast one by one yeah. that would be really good <laughs> it would be we need a montage scene where there's like people waiting in, a, in the waiting room and then Next. we usher them in <laughs> come on in um but I've been really enjoying the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it hasn't captured me the way that Hannibal 
did, but I don't know. I'm not quite sure if it's just how it's done. Like I do really like it, but it's, um, it's interesting the contrast between, oh, a show I really, really like mm-hmm. and something that was like it was made for me. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I can't think of shows I've been as obsessed about as I've been about Hannibal, like ever. So it's pretty remarkable in that respect. Um, I've liked other Fuller shows, but this, it's something else. So I didn't expect to be as in love with American Gods as that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I liked the book. It's not my favorite Neil Gaiman book. I would probably rather see Neverwhere done mm. as a, as a show. Um, but it is really interesting to see Fuller's take on it and how he's pulling out stuff that's like, politically, you know, relevant and social issues that are really relevant. I love that because I don't think that's something that um Gamer would have done necessarily with another person working on it. Yeah. I mean, you know, Mr. Nancy's speech was fucking amazing. Yeah. Um and it's that kind of stuff. I'm like, yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for not shying away from these yes. things. And it's making me I actually I think through I think through our Twitter, and I need to do it personally, I added, I started following Michael Green. Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm not really aware of what he's worked on. No. Though, I, for some reason, I'm seeming to think that he's working on the upcoming Blade Runner, but maybe I'm thinking of something. Yeah, but else. he did something that I really loved, and now I forgot what it was. I want to say Logan. Yeah. Was he involved with Logan? I think he was involved with Logan. And he is good in my book. Yeah. <laughs> A plus plus. We'll watch yep. your stuff again. Yep. <laughs> so it's. I mean, that's. It's like the gift that keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. You do keep discovering. You're like, oh no, I can see something new. Oh, I have to go look at this person's yeah. stuff. I got to check out all this. Um. But yeah, so I'm. I'm looking forward. I'm glad it's an eight. It's only eight episodes because mm-hmm. I, I just I've been watching Black Sails. Just finished the first season mm-hmm. last night, uh, and I was like. Eight episodes. I could do it. Yeah. That's like two weeks of TV. Yeah. Um, life. Um, which I liked, though it's really grim. I didn't get through it. I got stuck on season one, episode five. Okay. Um, it does not lighten up. Yeah. And it doesn't have enough <laughs> dragons and magic. <laughs> for <me>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, when it gets to like the sort of realistic grimness and there's no, the like with dream Hannibal, sequences. <laughs> yeah, right. Like with Hannibal, there's no dragons and magic, but there's psycho, there's a psychological element to it that like fills in for, that fills in that requirement for me. But there's just really none of that in Black Sails. But I've heard so many good things about like the second and the third season that I really want to check it out. Maybe just read this, the, the episode synopsis and, and then, then just start, go straight to two. Yeah. I might do that since I have stars now because yeah, of America. Yeah. Dance, same so. here. Yeah. Which it, it reminded me. So that Ian McShane article mm. <laughs> interview that was great. He was talking about, um, Game of Thrones is tits and dragons. Tits and, dragons. and I'm, I'm watching Black Sails and I'm like, it's tits and ships. Yep. It's like, yeah, that tits and dragons show. That interview is so funny. You have to it's link great. to it because at one point he's talking about Brian Fuller. It's like, yeah, Brian, he's gay. He doesn't care. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? <laughs> well, it reminds me, um, I can try to link this too, but, uh, there was an article about kids in the hall and the person was talking about Scott Thompson and yes. it very much got into respectability politics. Oh, yes. I read that too because Scott Thompson reposted it yeah. on his Twitter. 
and I meant to put that in the in our show notes yes. to talk about today. So yeah, now it's here. We, I will add them when I yeah, listen to because it was really good, and it had like the really good clips from Buddy Cole, uh, the one about respectability that was just like fabulous. Mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> you know how we feel about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I I did have a thing about American Gods is. As I was watching it, I was thinking, is this really as good as I and everybody seems to think it is? Because mm. the reviews have been fabulous. Mm-hmm. The reception's really good. Um, it makes me a little, even though I wasn't on the Hannibal train when Hannibal was out, mm-hmm. from the absolute lack of any information about it that seemed to be available at the time, it's, it's kind of irritating to see yeah. how much is out for American Gods. Absolutely. And so I was like, is it? as fabulous as everybody thinks it is or have we all kind of psyched ourselves into the reception <laughs> yeah i think it. it's really i think it's really good mm-hmm. but i have the same kind of sadness and grief <laughs> around watching everybody be like yay all the stuff and then you know that didn't happen with Hannibal. I also got angry because NBC apparently canceled a show called Timeless that I have not watched. And oh, then yeah, I was no. like, oops, no, we're going to do another season. And I was like, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's really, really annoying. We can only hope that there's good news in August and all will be well. Yes. Well, <laughs> That's all I can say. So next up, um, the Rec Center newsletter did a, uh, a favorite fan video roundup. Mm-hmm. And they're apparently going to keep putting them in, in future. Gavi was asking about it, I think. Put them in future, um, newsletters. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to link to one by, I'm not quite sure how this is supposed to be pronounced, but Frozen, Frozen Sophie? That I put on Facebook and said it was like watching season one if you don't actually want to watch season one. Oh, I saw that when yeah. you posted it. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was really great. I can't remember the name of it now either. Roaring Lungs. I don't know if that's the name of the video or the name of the song it's to. Mm-hmm. It was to a Brian Eno song, which mm-hmm. was which I really like. Yay! Um, <laughs> so that's great. If you're trying to get anybody in Hannibal, you want to be like, this is what it's like. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Um, I wanted to give a shout out that Emin Gary has a new coming out or that's coming out to solitudes which is just fucking great new chapter every wednesday morning yes. when i don't do my work and yes. i sit there i'm like lunch is at one lunch is at one i get to read it at lunchtime it's great if you it's it's the uh post fall canadian shack yep will's gonna take care well, they're of still they're still in a hotel on their way to the shack mm-hmm. at this point yeah it's like what three or four chapters in yeah yeah and it's i forgot how many it's supposed to be it's killing me um i was telling justin about how there's these um these points in some of them where will think something and then he thinks about how terrible it would like the reception would be if he said that to somebody else mm-hmm. and anything that he's thinking i'm like i i totally say something like that to my friends yeah yeah oh yeah the thing about the the brand. Yes, yeah. melting the brand. I was like, that's like, I wouldn't say that to anybody else. I was like, I'd totally, mm-hmm. I'd say that kind of shit to my friends. The thing that's killing me about the story so far is that they have adjoining hotel rooms, but every night so far, Will's like, I don't want to be in the other room at all. Can I sleep in your bed? And he's like, yeah. It's just so sweet. Bed sharing, Canadian <laughs> shit. It's like it's all there. Check, check, check. Which I actually didn't, for some reason in my head, the Canadian shack trope was like a Hannibal thing. But then I happened to look it up <clears throat> and it's not it. I think it originally might come out of, um, crap, I just forgot the fandom. 
It's supernatural. No, no, no. It's oh. Canadian. It's the Mountie, and he was. Oh, I feel terrible. It's my friend Manka's like fa- like her, her home fandom. I don't know what it's called. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know what it's yes, called. Yes, I can't believe. Um, and originally was uh come up with or or at least I guess got more popular because uh this writer Speranza did a, a Canadian shack like event for people to write for. I forgot what year it was. Um, and I was like, wait, that name's really familiar. And it's somebody who I've read in the Marvel mm. fandom who does has a great <laughs> Bucky Steve fic called Four Minute Window. It's a whole series. I and, love that one. Yeah. And part three is the Yelp page for Coney Island design and construction. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> Which I'm going to link because if, if you don't read in that fandom, it's, it's a... F- it's a fic written and designed. Um, it was written with two other people, Counter Agent and Monica Woe, and it looks like a Yelp page with reviews for Bucky and Steve's like construction company, but like they're incognito. <laughs> and, and one of the reviews is like, you want to stay home when you have these guys come work at your house. Believe me. <laughs> it was so good. I love stuff. That's like, I like the Steve Rogers at a hundred one, which is like the movie. Yeah. All the movies that had been made about him yeah. that are all based on other terrible movies. <laughs> I was like, it's great. Um, Oh, in line with American Gods, Eat Biscuit Drink Flip on Tumblr is now drinking about American Gods oh, cool. and blogging every episode with suggestions. Because they have uh, one for every Hannibal episode, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yep. Which I looked at this one's, this episode for suggestions, um, but everything was based on how, like, Will's losing his mind. So it was all, like, pudding <laughs> recipes <laughs> and, like, creme brulee and mm-hmm. stuff, which was good but not what i wanted yeah so that's why i went with this um and then i i had a dis a discussion that happened on some forums i'm on where one of the uh people talked about rediscovering an old fandom like an anime fandom Mm -hmm. and being completely in love with it Mm -hmm. and a friend of theirs described it as fandom limerence um it was applying to as applied to someone who's jumped back into an old uh, beloved fandom. Uh-huh. So I looked up the term, which is a psychological term and not really used officially, but shows up in writing. I'm going to read this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was posited by psychologist Dorothy Tenov. Uh, and is an involuntary, this is just the term limerence, is an involuntary cognitive and emotional state in which a person feels an intense romantic desire for another person the limerent object. Limerence can often be what is meant when one expresses having a crush on someone else, although limerence, unlike a crush, can last months, years, or even a lifetime. It is characterized by intrusive thinking and pronounced sensitivity to external events that reflect the disposition of the limerent object towards the individual. It can be experienced as an intense joy or as extreme despair, depending on whether or not the feelings are reciprocated. Hmm. I was like, how applicable? Yeah, to the show, to like relationships to the show. Yeah, totally. So yeah, it's a good word. I saw that. Lim- like, what's the word? Limerence. Limerence. Yes. Which is, I feel like has been used as a fanfic, Hannibal fanfic name. Oh. I'm wondering if it's the one that's like kind of a post-apocalyptic mm. one I that I'm reading. I'll look it up. Um, but I immediately was like, fandom, I was like, oh, I know that feeling. And the, yeah. the, uh, 
the psychology wiki entry has much more information. Interesting. Because it is a bit like, no matter what you're in love with, whether it's like a person or a feeling or a show or whatever. Yeah, it feels like a crush kind of. Yeah. And like obsessive thinking, mm-hmm. um, how you act around mm-hmm. things like one of the things was like if you're ignored feeling crushed you know like if you're not relating to it right Mm so it was i was like yes i know all these things (laughs) personally (laughs) i still want a word to describe when you're just like at work or driving in the car and all of a sudden you're like overcome with hanagram feelings (laughs) (laughs) i just miss that so much hanagramality (laughs) yeah we need a word for that. It's like a handogram fugue state or something. I guess. So. I don't know. <laughs> there needs to be a word. You take it away. <laughs> so that's all the pre-episode notes mm-hmm. and stuff I had. Um, so yeah, we're talking about Buffet Freud, which I'm sure is not pronounced like that. Whatever. Buffet. Cold cut episode. Yes. And now I'm like, I want a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> From Trinacria. Mm. Mm. Um. I I had some overall notes. I felt like it was a really tight episode. I love this episode. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. It, but it's very like, it feels like there's nothing extraneous. Yes. Really nothing wasted. Yes. All the parallels are very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the sort of thing where I'm like, I know these, I know the parallels they're drawing and I'm still like, oh, that was a good one. Yep. Yeah. I love this episode a lot. And it still scares me. Yeah, we should tuck our feet up now that we're going to be talking about it <laughs> in my in my living room around a table at like four o'clock in the afternoon. Just make sure our feet are not dangling yes. into any space. The only thing it's going to get us here is a cat. Okay, and they don't even do that. Don't yeah, cats do that. I will, I have to say, if a cat wrapped themselves around my ankle right now, I would scream <laughs> bloody murder. <laughs> Just didn't have to edit. Um, no, I don't think they're all mom cats still trying to get us to take her outside. Okay. Uh. But yeah, I said to me it was a very horror, like it's a classically mm-hmm. horror-like episode. And before I saw you tell you warned me, yeah. And I knew I didn't know what you didn't tell me what episode it was. You just said season one. I remember starting to watch the episode and being like, "Oh, oh, <laughs> oh shit! Somebody went to bed. Oh shit! It's so creepy. It is creepy. Yeah. Um, which I had such notes here as nope, 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 nope. <laughs> but again, at the beginning. So when you see the woman come home in the dark and you know there's something hiding in the shed or whatever and you you know it's coming for her. Um she's still pretty capable. Like she goes upstairs, she's got a flashlight. She's a homeowner. She looks there's some she staples yeah. it up. She puts a bowl under the thing. Like she takes care of shit and I really like that. Yeah. Like there's no Oh no. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to call the cops or whatever. It's like, nope, it's hole in the roof. I'll call the contractor yeah. tomorrow and doop, 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 doop. No, she, she would totally have gotten up there and put a roof, fixed her own roof. <laughs> she probably would have. Yeah. It's true. Um, which I, I said it was, yeah, the nope, nope was just when she sees the dripping. Mm hmm. Of which, of course, then I had to think, I'm like, well, you know, snow. And it really isn't that much snow. And then it, it wouldn't drip like that. <laughs> I was having thoughts as a homeowner. Um, <laughs> but when she goes up into the attic with the flash, like, I would have been like, I'm putting something under this drip and I'm going to sleep in the guest room. Yeah. I'm not going up in that attic. Yeah. In the dark, just because I'm a big weenie. Yeah. I think I might have gone up to at least check it out. 
Because I wouldn't want the ceiling to cave in. Yeah. They're so practical. (laughs) But it was also the thing of like, you said it's her home and she's confident and all, but it's still like the creepiness of, it's like here the creepiness was not of the unknown, but it ended up being of the known. Yeah. Like, of the person, the person is, is known. And, um, but I did, I liked, uh, what else did I have here? Oh, I had a note that when she's walking in, they focus in on she has that cutout by the front door that's the howling wolf. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I like that. And then I was wondering if she has the canary mm-hmm. who's like all, jumping around and obviously unsettled mm-hmm. and everything. And I was like, oh, look at your foreshadowing. <laughs> but I was also wondering, okay, so there's like a hole in the roof and the, it's just, I guess they're implying that Georgia came in th- was trying to get in through the roof i don't know yeah i'm not really sure because like there was she's in the shed in the beginning and then the shed door was open and there was a hole in the roof did she come through the roof or when she was fixing the roof did she come well later on in the episode she gets from delaware to wolf trap somehow Mm -hmm. so you know there's a bit of the fantastical going on there (laughs) don't ask questions sorry (laughs) um it's funny because it's like, I love this episode, but like the parallels are so strong. I feel like there's not a lot to tease out because like they're there next. It's in Hannibal's office mm-hmm. and Will's talking about how he feels like he's fading and, and it's he's like less and less alive. Like Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't I know. know if she's alive. It's so perfect. Everything is mirrored through the whole episode and that's why I love it so much. And it's also, I think the main theme of it is about something that like is the reason why a lot of people are drawn to the show it overall is because it, the main themes talk about loneliness and feeling outside of even yourself and not knowing who you are and also feeling like you're a monster um, or that like these shadow parts of yourself are a monster. Um, and, you know, every character has that and you see it like totally focused through this Virginia Madsen character mm-hmm. in the episode. I think it's awesome. Love it. Um, then I I pick up on like the stupidest stuff when I watch this because then it's Will at his home and he comes in from fishing and I'm like, I was like, I need a fishing person to Mm -hmm. consult because I'm like, is what did he catch? Is that the right stuff? Is that fish that's even here? Is that the right season to be fishing for whatever it was he had? And, um, and then I got fixated on the layout of his kitchen and I'm like, the sink, I thought this was where the sink was. I was kind of distracted in the middle Clearly. of watching this. Um, but then it's, this is where he, oh yeah, he cuts into the fish. And then he has the time jump. Yes. So he cuts into the fish and he sees the blood and the blood is a mirror, right? So, and I say that word wrong or I pronounce mirror strangely. But That's okay. The thing that reflects you. A mirror? <laughs> yes. Um, and he sees the blood and then he has a time jump and all of a sudden he thinks he's killing this woman yes. and is totally freaked out. And this is Jack Crawford being the worst. <laughs> we need to have two drinking games. We have to have every time I say I can't read my notes <laughs> and we need to have every time Jack Crawford is the worst. Yeah, he is the worst. Although in this episode, he gets a good eye roll in and Hannibal later on that I just laughed out loud. <laughs> Yes. But this whole thing where he's like, um, 
it's like he's telling it's like he thinks if he says enough to will how he thinks want how he wants things to be mm-hmm. that that's the way they'll be mm-hmm. like if he just imposes his will enough mm-hmm. and and he's focused on what will does but not necessarily like he has this idea of how will's brain works which mm-hmm. is not actually <laughs> what right. will's doing right um and he doesn't seem to understand that yes no will does actually think of himself as the killer mm-hmm. like he actually like he's he's going on like what bev does look at the evidence yeah interpret it yeah and it's like that's not what's happening yeah well i mean if you if you look at the whole thing like the whole monster under the bed as the metaphor for the for this episode he's ignoring the monster under the bed he's he's the one that's like the dad that comes into the room and says there's there's no monsters here open up your closet yeah look there's no monsters just go to bed and stop making so much noise and get up in the morning go to school like that's what he's doing with that and it's so frustrating when you know monsters are real Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like that's not how you take care of them you don't ignore them because then they just get- and the whole I mean yeah when your whole thing your whole premise is about monsters being real mm-hmm. and your whole job is about mm-hmm. monsters being real um, but I was very happy to see some sassy science particularly team sassy science particularly Jimmy Price yeah. being extra sassy <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I caught on the line where he talks about it are they or I can't remember if Bev or Zeller says that it looks like the killer was trying to remove a mat, like get mm-hmm. under the person's skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, it's like Will and Hell. Yep. <laughs> Which is just the idea is just very horrific. <laughs> I can't. I'll talk about Georgia a little bit later. Mm. Um, then this is the scene. <laughs> this is the scene with the black vest. <laughs> animal's office. Oh, I know. It got to this one. I'm like, oh my god, it's the episode with the scene with the vest <laughs> and the ladder. Which and is, the ladder! Which was like, I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, what the fuck is he wearing? <laughs> <laughs> Just a giant boxy untailored black like fishing vest or something. I don't it, it know. Was it was like wool. Well, I felt like <clears throat> it was like his day wear version of his fishing vest. <laughs> Um, it was also very kind of like 1995, maybe. Yeah. Like the Henley shirt. The Henley underneath. It was, it was really bad. Um, which, when he's, it starts, the scene starts with him talking about the smell of coppery blood. My note is that Hannibal looks slightly turned on. Oh, yeah, because he's doing the thing with his mouth where he's like kind of licking his lips and yeah. rolling his tongue around in his mouth and like, what is going on yeah. here? <laughs> I know what you really want. Yeah, my note says the ladder and it's all underlined. But this is so, Justin, got a a surround sound decoder Mm -hmm. so he has five channels that he can use oh sorry six channels i'm holding six (laughs) fingers up so he can do things like watch something and drop all the vocals out Mm -hmm. or drop all the music out Mm -hmm. so he watched the episode Mm -hmm. without any uh dialogue Uh uh-huh and Justin, <laughs> what did you say that the episode, uh, I'll have him say what he said and then I will follow up with what my comment was. Yeah, man. I want to do this now. It's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a strange way of storytelling when you don't quite know. You're just looking at reactions. Uh, right. So when he got the, 
he would get the scenes and he wouldn't look at the script. He would just look at what's going on and try to work. He would try to improv it and record that and then build on that so he wouldn't be telegraphing and informing the viewers of anything. So he was just kind of heightening what he was seeing on the screen. So I wanted to give that a try. And when they're, when Will and Hannibal are, are just hanging out and talking, it looks like Will came home from a hard day at work and they're just chatting <laughs> over a beer. <laughs> And go ahead. Well, Justin said, he goes, you know, he's like, I watched it. And you know what it looks like when you don't have any of the of the dialogue? And my comment was, it looks real gay. <laughs> and he was like, and then he said, it looks like they came home. I'm like, yeah, yep, gay. Yeah. Roommates. <laughs> Roommates. I'm making air quotes for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. They're totally flirting with each other. Because the other thing is... um Somebody gift a couple of different Maz um, scenes in different movies that he's done where he does the same thing with other actors where he'll kind of puff up and look like he's bigger than them and like, like bow up to him, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like get on top of them basically. Um, And it, and if you see like the different ones, it's like, oh, okay. So it looks like he's threatening this person. He's threatening this person. Mm-hmm. Then you get to the Will and Hannibal ones. Like, no, that doesn't look like a threat. Yeah. <laughs> like he's about to go in yeah. and make out with them. Yeah. And it looks like Will really wants that to happen. So yeah. Yeah. The ladder clutching. Thus a million fanfics of office sex were born. <laughs> well, and, and the contrast with it i was just thinking of um in the episode where he kills tobias mm-hmm. he uses the ladder he breaks his arm in it oh yeah it's mm-hmm. like but it's um yeah I, this is the thing like i mean i went into it the whole series with you were like imagine it as this romance mm-hmm. i was like but i think if i had been and i tried to watch it like that but also look for the clues mm-hmm. and so for me it was really that episode mm-hmm. when at the end when will walks in after hannibal's thinks he's died yeah. and just the yeah. the intimacy mm-hmm. um and i was like well if not that one then this episode <laughs> definitely <laughs> well because this episode also has will sitting at hannibal's desk later on oh yeah. and will's talking at hannibal's desk like very comfortably kind of sitting there in command <laughs> and hannibal's like straightening shit in front of him <laughs> like like str- like a lot of stuff like He's a like, lot of straightening straighten this straighten this straighten open this, this book put Close. it together put it on the desk again kind of thing it's just like really yeah really interesting dynamic <laughs> um but uh so in the scene i had it handles both offering comfort and the possibility of bigger problems and something that irritated me at this point, but mm-hmm. I feel like is, resol- is kind of resolved a little bit later is where he says like, you know, you have to take in consideration that this might be mental illness. And I was like, Will fears he's losing his mind, but that's kind of a shitty way to talk about mental illness. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, your brain could be melting inside your head. <laughs> or you could have a mental yeah. illness. Or the worst option, mental illness. I know. You could have something that's <laughs> going to kill you if it's untreated. Yeah. Or you could be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Which is part of Hannibal manipulating Will and part um that this whole episode talks about in in one aspect this 
the stigma of mental illness, mm-hmm. you know, with um Virginia's mom and that whole meeting and how she talks about the history of what they oh, went through yeah. to get a diagnosis and which was never correct, which was never correct after all that time. Um And then that it was really like she got to the point where she was just hoping that her daughter passed away somewhere because it would be better than her living with what she has. And that whole line about managing expectations. It's tough. Mm-hmm. That's pretty horrible. Yeah, and that's where I felt like it. They pulled back. I might. I think I have a note later where I. I was like, it gets. Like it gets better. Like that's like the extreme of like. Mm-hmm. Oh no! <laughs> and then they're like, okay, this is difficult, and things can be done, mm-hmm. or you can uh, approach it a different way. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, you do feel bad because I'm like, nobody wants to have a mental illness and, and to not know, mm-hmm. I think is like, that's the, yeah, that's like the scary thing to be like, I don't know what's going on with me. Um, and Hannibal's being the worst, He's being the but worst. we can't drink on that because <laughs> He's terrible, it would be unending. Terrible human. Um, <laughs> moving on. So then we introduce <laughs> Sutcliffe. Which is like, we were watching Pitch Perfect while we were away with our dance troupe. And I'm looking at a scene towards the end, and there is the main character's dad. And I'm like, that's the actor who played Sutcliffe and Hannibal. <laughs> He'll forever be stuck in this role in yeah. my head. Um, no, there, he's just supposed to be like a dad. Mm-hmm. No, he's still an asshole. <laughs> Whatever he is. Um, neurologist. Mm-hmm. That's who he was a neurologist. Um I noticed the morbid looking art on the walls that appears yes. to be some sort of flayed animal yeah, or something like that. I know. I, way to go, art team. Um, and they talk about pr- the projector versus the projection, which Hannibal, Sutcliffe says that Hannibal is more interested in the projection. But until now, because now he's very much interested in the projectors, mm-hmm. Will. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's found that thing, the, to actually, he's actually involved, you know, mm-hmm. interested in the, it was for somebody who's very much interested in bodies in a certain sense, like yeah. to not be professionally involved with them, which now is making me think like, if he moved away from, from practicing medicine uh, as a surgeon, as a way to distance himself from the profile mm-hmm. yeah probably because if you're trying to hide it's not a good thing to be a surgeon because mm-hmm. then you're in the top profile for yeah. being a serial killer and then on top of it you get to manipulate people and be a voyeur get which, them to leave yeah. you their vacation houses yeah so i'm like i need it somewhere people that worked out for him <laughs> um yeah, I love the when they go to Sutcliffe's office and Sutcliffe is like, well, you're, you're being treated by the best psychiatrist and he's the most sane person I know. <laughs> Animal's like, thank you. <laughs> and every bunch of assholes. Everybody else is like, oh, it, it is. It's just kind of like how there can be that sort of uh, like in a profession, mm-hmm. medical profession, how everybody just pats each other's back and oh, like, yeah. holds each other up. Especially and- at Johns Hopkins. Yeah, I mean, if they both were at Hopkins, that's totally what they would do. We're the best of the best. We're the best. We're the (laughs) sanest people around. Nope. Mm -hmm. No, you're not. (laughs) Um, Then they do... Is he having an MRI or a CAT scan? I think... 
I was trying to figure that out too. I think the first thing he has is a CAT scan. And then the second time he goes in, he has an MRI. Um, cause it looks a little different. And I've had an MRI and that's what the second thing looked like. Not oh, the okay. first. Like the, yeah, that's an MRI. The, um, of course I had to point out, uh, Hugh Dancy's lovely legs. <laughs> so cute. He looks so cute. <laughs> um, and Hannibal talking to Sutcliffe and I was like, he doesn't, he just suggests stuff. He just lets people dig their own holes uh-huh. because if Sutcliffe had been like, I have no idea what you're talking about, la la la, mm-hmm. then there'd be no story. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he just drops those seeds and... I and love like, the whole thing, too, about calling out the nurse's perfume back in the day. <laughs> bow, like, chicka, of course bow, he would do that. Got <laughs> <laughs> game. Um, I was telling Justin while we were... While I was watching it, I was like, I was playing a game to myself. I was like, MRI machine or Brian Reitzel score? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, which one am I listening to? Or both. Um... And I, okay, drink, because I can't read my notes. Oh, drink! <laughs> better than my non-existent notes. Mm. I just draw pictures when I take notes, so it's really bad. Oh, the part when he's he's in and, yeah, he's having the flash, he's having the, like, like he's under the bed and looking like he's oh, Georgia. Oh, yeah. I was like, I don't even know if I could act that shit because it's so under the bed stuff is so freaky. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I mean, it's cool because they do the the lines of the MRI yeah. and, the, and the bed slats. I thought that was really cool. Yes. Um, But they would have stopped his MRI because he was twitching too much. You can't move that. You can't mm-hmm. move at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's too twitchy. Yeah. <laughs> I was amazed that he was as still as he was because yeah. I would have been flailing yeah. if I was oh, thinking yeah. those things. Yeah. Um. And the cruelty of letting Will think he's going crazy. Horrible. God. Fucking horrible. Um, this is Hannibal's office with Jack is next. And I just had that it's not fair to sacrifice someone even with their permission. <laughs> I was like, no, Jack, you don't get to sacrifice Will even if he says it's okay. Yeah. Well, this is where they're sitting by the fire, mm-hmm. drinking and talking. Yeah. This was, I forget what Crawford rolls his eyes at when Hannibal says it, but he totally does an eye roll at Hannibal, which is funny. Um, and it definitely fits into that, like, God and the devil talking for me. Like, mm-hmm. every one of these, like, Jack Crawford, Hannibal things, it's like God and the devil talking about all the little puppets around mm-hmm. them and how they want to play it. Which makes me think of um, that just made my brain think about uh, the Philip Pullman his dark materials, Mm -hmm. which I actually don't remember much of the second two books, except that I ended up really disappointed in the series. Mm. Um, But just the God in that was like this, just kind of weak, ineffectual Hmm. being. Mm -hmm. I think, and yeah, that just like like a, a God who's just not even worth worthy of being a god or- yeah i i think crawford for me kind of fits it because he feels very old testament to mm. me like that old testament righteousness of god you know where it's like well it's, it, you're gonna do things my way or or not i'm yeah. gonna take you off the board you're either with me or not um and he has like he has that you know and then hannibal's over there in the dark kind of like 
Well, and it's with Will. It's not like he can hold his job over his head or anything because Will does not give a shit mm-hmm. about that. Because if he wasn't with the FBI. Yes, but Will has this story where he's doing good. Yes. And that's, that's where Crawford narrative. gets him, which is the whole monotheistic God thing, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you're going to do good things if you're with me. Yeah. You know, even if I use you up. Right. And burn you out. Yeah. Boo. Boo, Jack Crawford. <laughs> Boo, God. <laughs> Boo, God. I don't like angry sky gods. No. If you can tell. <laughs> no. Um, this is, oh, so Will goes back to the house. Mm-hmm. His house. No, no, no. This oh. is where he goes back to oh, Bethlehem's house. Okay, yeah. I always say Greenwood, Delaware, real place. Hmm. But that doesn't look like that. But it's a real place. Uh, actually, it's pretty flat, so it does look like that. I was um, gonna say that could totally be a house yeah. somewhere. But I was looking, I was like, "Is Delaware. this a real house, or did they build a?" I think they used a real house at least for the exterior, mm-hmm. and it was one of the. I'm like that's so. I'm like, there's two front doors, there's two set of stairs. Yeah, that was weird. So it laid out like, like it's like two people renting one house or something, but I guess nobody or, lives in or, the other front doors, or parts. unless it was like an old place that they built a wing onto, and they just put more doors. <laughs> it's kind of Who like knows? the house my dad grew up in. <laughs> Um, because I, I was like, is this supposed to be some sort of like metaphor? Like, there's two doors and two sets of steps. It's like two minds, and which one are you going in, and which one are you coming out of, and which one's real, and which one's. Not. I was like, I think I'm overthinking this. Who knows? Um, and then he goes in, and the house is dark, and I'm like, does it have any power already? Mm-hmm. And then he's standing on that dried pool of blood. Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck. <laughs> I was having a what the fuck moment. Um. So I'm like, so they would have cut the power already before they had a cleanup crew come in. Um, well, I mean, typically, like a lot of these, like revisiting of the crime scene mm-hmm. scenes, he'll do with the lights off because that's how the killer. But they show him come in and he clicks the light and it. Oh, turn on. I missed that. Okay, yeah. then I don't know. Um, and. And then there's the whole person. Oh, and the arm. Oh. Ah! Couldn't you buy that? Couldn't you buy her arm sleeve from the... I think it was one of the things in the... I just... Yeah. Her it... whole fleshy arm <laughs> comes off. Degloving. <laughs> Degloved in his hand. I would lose time, too. I would pass out for hours. <laughs> like, what the fuck just happened? But I don't want to deal with it. That's one of those things. If I had bought that prop, I'd be like, it has to be in something sealed. Because even if it only smells like plastic, I would imagine it would smell wretched. Yeah. Yeah, it probably smell really bad. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> and then... Oh, he calls Bev, He right? calls Bev. And then, so then miraculously, the outside of the house has lights. Oh, I don't, I don't. Maybe Georgia cut the power because the call was coming from inside the house. <laughs> inside the house. Maybe I um, don't know. And I love Bev because she's got shit. I, I just, so yeah. And I love that he called her. Just like, why did you call me? <laughs> like, well, because I need to check on reality, basically. Like, yes, Bev is actually on your side, mm-hmm. Will. Well, and then she's like, so this is what you're telling me happened, and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. They like she upended the bed over him. Mm-hmm. Georgia did like is the mm-hmm. bed did he put it back like it would be obvious if that maybe maybe I was like what the hell yeah I, mean, I think I'm making a Muppet face like, <laughs> um, but what I understand is like they they seem to be implying that she doesn't see faces mm-hmm. she she's lacking facial recognition mm-hmm. 
how like would that lead to like not knowing if you killed someone that is a question for somebody who can explain if that's the what's the syndrome cotard syndrome is that a real thing and i don't it is but i was really wondering if it's in the way because they say she can't see faces and i don't know if facial recognition works like that like literally like they show the thing hannibal and it's like a smear like there's nothing yeah yeah i i don't know as i understood it as they explained in the episode she can't see faces but there's also a sense of not being thinking you're dead Mm -hmm. and you're a ghost and that part of it is why she's attempting to peel off the faces of people to actually see them so she's thinking like there's something in front of their face, I guess, mm. and she's trying to peel it off. And what she's really doing is slitting their faces open, their jaws yeah. open. Because I thought the no facial recognition was more like, like, if I met you, mm-hmm. next time I saw you, I wouldn't recognize you because I have no, like, you don't recognize people's faces. Oh, no, because they show you like how Hannibal looks to her. Right. It's like a blurred out yeah. thing. But I think that might be some artistic license. I'll have to look this up. <laughs> I would like, like to know. What's that? Can I have a mic again? Oh, yes. J- Justin doesn't have a mic, so he's coming <laughs> around. I have a friend that has um, difficulty with facial recognition, and the way she described it as if you asked her to draw your dad's face or describe it, she couldn't. She'd like, I think he has a nose, <laughs> two eyes, maybe. Wow. This is kind of, but like with, with context and things, she can, she can put it together. It's a little bit slower. Mm. Hmm. So does she work on like different clues, like voice, body language, how people dress, that kind of stuff? Yes. Yes. Hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I think th- I'm wondering if this is artistic license or if there's, I mean, it could be that the non, not having facial recognition is like the way she sees it is a symptom, not of not having facial recognition, mm-hmm. but of other parts of her illness. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they're, the way they use actual issues it, uh, narratively, mm-hmm. it sometimes is a little problematic for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I can be a very literal person, so. No, I mean, it is problematic, but at the same... Uh, Artistically, it's great. Uh, yeah, I think, like, you know, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's problematic, but at the same time, it's really interesting to have discussions about that stuff mm-hmm. and and sort of deep psychological journeys about it. But yeah, it's problematic. I mean, Will saying that he's on the spectrum in the first episode is problematic. Mm -hmm. But that was another episode. So we won't talk about that. (laughs) Personal theory. He isn't and he doesn't think he is. Yeah, he just uses it. Well, that's what Hugh Dancy said, which I really like. um, Because it's more manipulation from Will Graham, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I would shorthand. If you say that, people are like, oh, okay, I know. I have a little bit of an idea. Yeah, it's shorthand. And I also wish that since they brought it up in the first episode, that they would have addressed it later in some way and made it clear that Will was using it as an excuse and not that he really was on the spectrum. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I if you bring it up, close it out. Yeah, later. I wish they would have come back around to it for a lot of reasons. Which is like, we're watching American Gods since end of season one. Yeah. <laughs> with the lynching. The lynch. But Which, he, they kind of did. In, because he does mention it. Yeah. In he, episode he, two. Yeah. He's like, was that some strange fruit yeah. bullshit? Yeah, what was like, that? You were not lynched. <laughs> I was lynched. Yeah. So it's like, oh, good. I'm glad they're talking about yes. that. Yeah. Um. Oh, this is the next the next scene 
in Hannibal's office where Hannibal's playing around with his notebooks of which you know i'm all like is that a moleskin it looks like a moleskin oh yeah they're moleskins um, and will sitting at his desk <laughs> and i i took it as also that hannibal's like just lying his ass off so mm-hmm. it hides it a little bit um and uh Sorry, I just got sidetracked. I was thinking about Will sitting at the desk. <laughs> he is really beautiful sitting at the Yes. <laughs> it's very distracting. It's very floofy hair. I know. He does have good hair in this episode. Yeah, he does. Have, it's yeah, good hair episodes. Nice, it's like, good run. Little tazzle. <laughs> Not too much man bangs happening. Um, <clears throat> that's why Hannibal's so involved in straightening his desk. <laughs> so he doesn't run his hands through his hair. He's going to keep his hands busy with other things. Um, but oh, and it goes from there to uh, Will having the nightmare in Georgia outside his house. And that I was like, did she like hide in his car when he went to the house? Like maybe when she ran out, she got oh, in the back yeah. of his car. That's a really like, good, yeah. Because when I saw that, I was like, wait a minute. Like, is she just like getting on a mega bus and going down? To- <laughs> she got an Uber <laughs> from Delaware. Uh, Uber didn't even exist when this no, film did didn't. it. I don't think it did. Had Canon accepted. We'll take that. She was in the back of his car. I mean, he probably has like yeah. blankets and dog stuff. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, and it probably smells like dog. So he probably couldn't, she probably, yeah, he's not paying out. attention anyways that much. So, yeah. Um, this was the, the next part was the discussion with her mom, which they never talk about how they find her, who, uh, how DNA. Who oh, did they? Yeah. Yeah, they matched DNA to a missing persons. Mm. And then they called her mom in. Okay, I missed that part. Yeah. Um, I, talking about the, the God stuff, I had a note, is Jack looking for absolution? Mm-hmm. And why won't he tell Will to go? Um, Because the work is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, he wants Will to tell him it's okay. Because, and I'm like, God, I don't ever want to be somebody who's like that. I mean, they have a very important job, but I'm like, like Jack just can't let it go. No, any part of it. Mm-hmm. Um. And the next thing, this is the dinner with Sutcliffe. <laughs> Question: Was the ham supposed to be people? I don't think it was because no. those Iberico hams are so exclusive that I'm yeah. like, no way would you can't fake it and there's no reason why Hannibal would fake it yeah because there's like a special stamp on it and the hoof and everything, which was fake which was fake <laughs> I love Janice that. talks about that but the tassel um, was real mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if you go to uh Vallejo in uh DC uh-huh. they have one at the bar I'd be like just start shaving pieces off I believe let's see I went there in October and I think a little appetizer was $23 for <sighs> some Iberico ham. Damn. Yeah. Do you get it? No. <laughs> I got the it. other kind of ham, which was, I think, just as delicious. I still want to get it. Just yeah, we should go. Yeah. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to interpret. I can read my notes. I'm trying mm-hmm. to interpret them. I had... Oh... Sutcliffe, I forgot the exact quote, but says something about pigs. That oh. makes it sound like he's talking about Will. Oh, yeah. So he, they're talking about is the ham, and then he goes, 
uh, they're talking about, can you taste the worth of the ham? Because mm. it's such an expensive ham. And then Cyclif goes, so where do you get your pigs from, Hannibal? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's this pause. And Hannibal's like, are you referring to Will Graham? Yeah. And that's like the moment where you think, yeah, Dr. Cyclif's going to die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had, uh, this comment may, may be what turns Hannibal against Cyclif. Because he's like, do you not realize the specialness of Will Graham and how he cannot be sacrificed because he is my specialist? He's special. Stop it. And I said, no, Sutcliffe, don't work with Hannibal. <laughs> no. Yeah. Damn it. Um, then it's the after hours MRI. Come to my office after hours. I'll give you a special MRI. And yeah. and I had again, how did Georgia find the hospital? She's just riding around in the back of Will Graham's car. That explains so much, Amy. I love it. <laughs> That's perfect. That's all I can think because yeah. although I mean, how would she even find Will if she can't recognize him? Right. Oh, the dog. Somehow really good at public transportation. <laughs> Despite looking like she's dead and like she's been living she's under like, a rock. On the DC Metro. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, because he's at Hop. No, he wasn't at Hopkins. They make up a, they oh, make, they up, make a up a hospital. hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've probably seen worse on Baltimore buses. Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's um, true. But the, I did love this at, back at his house. Oh, it's one of my out. favorite scenes <sighs> ever, 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 ever. Plus it has, it's got the pack of dogs and Buster's the only one that's like, I'm going to kill this woman under the bed. Don't you realize what's happening? No. Go Buster. And it had Will's theme music, Mm. which I love. It's so good. So this scene, like when Will kind of like hops under the bed and puts his hand out and says like, you're real, you exist. It's whatever time it is. And um, is so powerful to me because... It encapsulates all this stuff, like the loneliness and the, and the feeling, you know, and the ghostness and everything else. But it's also, I think, shows what Will's power is over Hannibal. And it's like that first inkling of how he's going to be as you go into like season two. Because really his power over Hannibal is that he's doing that for Hannibal too. He's extending a hand to Hannibal's darkest monster under the bed <laughs> self and saying, I see you, you're Hannibal Lecter, you're here with me right now. And, you know, like, here I am. Mm-hmm. And it's and that, that to me is like, oh, my God, like, there it is. Like, there's like, not this somebody please help Will Graham season one Will Graham. Mm-hmm. But that's where his power is when he's like, season two, going on manipulative, I know what I have over you kind of Will Graham. I love it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad we couldn't get Star on here to talk. Yeah. Well, I know you all love. Yeah. So. I mean, the, you know, the other thing about it, too, is like this episode is all about working with your shadow self. So like this Jungian uh, idea of everybody has a shadow self and a shadow side. And the only way that you can become whole and healthy is to confront these shadow sides of yourself and integrate them into your life. And the danger happens when you don't, when you ignore it. Um, you know, when we ignore it as a society, we get presidents who are horrible, right? When we vote with our fears and our racism and the stuff that we like to ignore and sweep under the bed. Um, and so the same thing happens on this 
smaller individual laugh like thing when you don't pay attention to parts of your life and you sweep them under the bed and you don't want to deal with them. And they never go away. Nothing good ever goes under the bed. Yeah. <laughs> but the but the whole thing is like not to shut them out, but to actually confront them, love them for what they are, not make them nice and pretty and bring them into the light. Keep them where they are. They're mm-hmm. shadow things. Love them for what they are. And give them a job to do and make them a part of your life. And that's the way you sort of go towards integration. Um, and there's so the psychological idea of this is sort of Jungian. There's also like a magical idea of this um, as far as like working with your demons. Um, but it's the same thing, really. Um, and yeah, that's what I have to say on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was actually thinking because... Um, you said you wanted to talk about that with Star. Mm-hmm. I know she wants to talk about other stuff and come on. And I was like, yeah. maybe when when we finish up the um the end of the season, if we do a wrap up, mm-hmm. and then if we also are just able to, even if we can't get everybody around the table at one time, if we do stuff with the different people who've been interested. Oh yeah. So then, and then we can just put it together as like a composite. Cool episode. We should do that. You know, if it's the kind of thing where it doesn't work out to do like an episode review or something. Mm-hmm. And I just have murder suit, creepy, no face, ugh. <laughs> but it is. It's the first time you see the murder suit. Oh, is it? I think so. You're right. I don't think you see the, the murder, murder suit, suit before. Which is just, <laughs> I was like, I saw that. I was like, Hannibal, you look so prissy. <laughs> I just like murder suit. Squeak, and squeak, squeak. I know. That's the, <laughs> which Justin's interested in fully. Uh-huh. Thank you, Justin. Uh, by the... Excellent job I did for the Christmas. Episode. Yes, just excellent job oh, doing yeah. fully. Though now we know that apparently if you want the feet squeaking through snow, mm-hmm. you just get a bag of like cornstarch powder or flour or something. Oh, and, and, and you, you get know, that powder squeak. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were listening to a episode of 99% Invisible mm-hmm. and they talked about nature documentaries and how the tricks they use to get shots and to get sounds and how a lot of times in nature documentaries, the sounds actually folded in mm-hmm. because they're like, you often cannot get safely close enough mm-hmm. for what you're filming to be what your audio is. Mm-hmm. And they talked to this Foley artist and his tricks and stuff like that. I was like, that's ah, fascinating. I love it. <laughs> so cool. Um, was that the last scene? Because that's where I stopped taking notes for some reason. No, like, he, because she walks in and and that's the thing where I'm like, she's watching him and she can't see his face. And he just hands her the scissors and walks out. And I mean, the fact that she just rolls in and there's like... No, they show her... Um, they show her uh, getting... It, she's in the hospital mm. in the oxygen tank. Oh, yeah. And all that stuff. But that's right after Will sees her under the bed. So I think you might have those two things transposed. I don't know. I wrote them down in chronological order. Huh. Unless they did it as a little bit of a flashbacky thing. Like, a, oh, okay. a what happened Maybe. in Oh, because they found the scissors. Yes. Yeah, they do do a flashback. Yeah. So they do a flashback. So you see how Hannibal, like, saw that guy's uh, head in <laughs> with a pair of what looks to be like dull classroom scissors. <laughs> and turned around and hands her the scissors, which I thought was really interesting to see the juxtaposition of how. Hannibal handles the the shadow self, right? Mm-hmm. And how Will handles it. 
it, you know, Hannibal's like, oh, I'm going to enable you and see how I can use you for my purposes. What he does with like everybody's darker side and, you know, Will. Um, and then, yeah, so then you see Will and he sees her under the bed and then then they get her to the hospital and yeah. she's in the oxygen tank. Um, and they're like, hopefully she won't remember any of it. And it's to me, I was yeah. like, oh, I want, I want a more solid through line on her like her mental illness mm-hmm. and her physical illness and what's causing what mm-hmm. and what's doing what mm-hmm. and how it's it really interesting and all these things like yeah. um because like maybe she won't remember i'm like well she rolled in on somebody like like carving up somebody else's body and just stood there mm-hmm. and didn't seem shot like it's like she didn't realize what was happening because she didn't because she thinks she's dead mm. I mean, if you think she's dead, maybe she thinks she's in hell. Yeah. I mean, you don't know what she's thinking. I forget about that part. Yeah. She thinks she's like this ineffectual nothing kind of floating around. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, Hannibal hands her the scissors like, yeah, yeah, yeah. take care of that. I mean, that's something you could definitely see if you think you're dead and in hell. <laughs> yeah. But it, uh, yeah, that's the... The artistic license that they take with stuff too. That's the sometimes there was, I can't remember which other ones. <sighs> there was something earlier that I remember it bugged me. Like in some earlier episode where I'm like, no, oh. what, why, how? Oh, with like the murders of the weeks. It might've been the angel kinda... maker where I'm like, did he actually see the head there? No. Well, yeah. Like, so how did he find people? The angel maker episode and this one, I think are the most sort of supernatural mm. Of all of the killers of the week in, in season one, there seems to be this weird supernatural element to them that's never really explained. Yeah. You kind of have to suspend belief because of the guy who sees like people's heads on fire yeah. and then they're evil people. Well, how does that happen? Yeah. And then guy got Virginia, it. who's just like walking around thinking she's a ghost. Yeah. And there's definitely... But I love that stuff, so I don't really. It doesn't. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, it, to <laughs> me, it works. Explain it to me. It works artistically and mm-hmm. narratively, but I'm like, no, I want to understand because I also find I'm fascinated in and actually how things like mm-hmm. how they actually happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. Yeah, so overall, a very satisfying episode. Awesome. Yeah, I think. I think some other episodes have more like high notes for me Mm -hmm. but this one is very consistent Mm -hmm. overall and Mm -hmm. i liked it though i did miss having some abigail because i do really like her (laughs) um there was no alana in this one oh yeah uh yeah no there wasn't it wasn't her like yelling at some guy because alana would have been the voice of reason (laughs) like you're drawing clocks what yeah (laughs) draw me a clock wow that's really fucked up you're going to another doctor (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which I do want to read. People have mentioned that the book the woman wrote who had the same type of encephalitis, mm-hmm. um, Brain on Fire, mm. I think is the name of the book. I do want to read that. Mm. Like like a real a real occurrence when somebody manages to make it out the other side. <laughs> though I still have my personal headcanon that he got it from Lyme's disease, even huh. though they, they're not linked. Yeah, but they haven't done enough research about Lyme's disease. Yeah, God, they really want to shit about Lyme's disease. Yeah, they don't. Or the, it's not Lyme's disease, but the other one where you become allergic to meat. That's Gamey Pearl. I know. Um, that I was sounds like a horrible disease. It, it's from tick bites, but it might be from, I don't know if it's from deer ticks or not. Mm-hmm. 
but it has to do with like proteins and your body's reaction to them. If mm-hmm. I'm remembering correctly and you get like violently ill when mm. you eat meat mm. and sometimes you can get over it and sometimes not. Wow. And that'd be a great story if Hannibal Lecter got that disease. <laughs> if somebody would write, like to write a fan fiction, of Hannibal Lecter becoming a vegetarian, a vegetarian. not by choice. I bet you, oh man, he'd just kill people just because he he's like kill people. He'd still be feeding them to other people. He would also start, um, he'd probably start funding like Lyme's research or whatever. Yeah. Like tick-borne disease research. <laughs> he'd be like, we're going to fix this. Um, which that's something talking about people and their brains and not being understood. Mm-hmm. The, the lack of like reaction when people get Lyme's disease yeah. and how many doctors are still like, I don't know. I mean, you live in a region with a ton of ticks. It's horrible. Well, they had, you know, they had a vaccine. Yeah. For, and now, well, they had a vaccine and now they can only use it for dogs because the anti-vaxxer people came after them so hard that it was basically they couldn't produce it because they, because of all the lawsuits, like they couldn't pr- produce it. So you can get it for your dog, but you can't get it for yourself. Anti-vaxxer people. Yeah. We, we fucking hate you. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hate you. We'll cook your livers. That one's going out to my fr- <laughs> my friend Ron. She was a, uh, she works in medical style. I don't know what she does. Medical science, smart lady. And she's particularly mm. like, I hate your anti-vaxxers. <laughs> She'll be posting it on Facebook. And I'm like, hell Yeah. Um, so I have recommendations, not that anything before was not a recommendation. There's a ton of them. (laughs) Um, but uh, so I've talked about in, uh, in the past, the, um, listening to the story wonk Mm -hmm. podcast, which the, uh, couple who produced them parted ways. Um, and I wanted to particularly give a shout out to chipperish media. That is, uh, Lonnie. Diane Rich, she's also a writer. Um, and she named her company. She said, regardless, my general default state is to be almost vomitously upbeat with about even the worst situations. <laughs> so her friend told her to stop spouting that chipperish at me. So, that, so that's how she named it. And she's currently doing, um, a YouTube video blogging over mm-hmm. podcast episodes because I think she doesn't want to deal with all the audio mm-hmm. stuff right now. Uh, but she's covering uh, West Wing. She's picked up Buffy mm-hmm. again. And she does a series called How Story Works. Mm. So I backed her on Patreon. Um, and I think that's the only thing I had there. But yeah, if you people who like to listen to shows about shows... <laughs> I would recommend it. She's a, cool. a writer and a professor. So I don't awesome. know if you had anything else. I didn't really. I mean, I wanted to talk about the fanfic that we talked about. So we did that. And no. Oh, about okay. uh, um, yeah, that. Yeah, so, fanfic is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally sitting here scrolling for our end of. Yes. Oh, Yes. Justin wanted to talk about this little movie we watched called Debs. Debs. Which I forgot what it stands for. I don't remember either. <laughs> Enthusiasm something something. Which I will say has a delightful, hilarious, like, two-word cameo or bit part by the woman who plays Jackie in Powerless. Mm-hmm. Powerless has been canceled. 
They actually are not going to show like the last three episodes. Wow. It looks like. Um, and I am sad mostly for, it's Christina King. I am sad mostly for her, uh, epi- for her because mm-hmm. she is delightful <laughs> and sarcastic. Mm-hmm. But Justin, what is Debs about? <laughs> it's a lesbian spy dramedy. Done. <laughs> it's great. Done. I'm watching it's, it. It's total mid 2000s comedy. <laughs> it's, uh, it's cheaply made with lots of CGI effects and it's delightful and funny. How can we watch such a thing? You have to get it from Netflix and wait a long time because we haven't returned the disc yet. <laughs> but we, we found it. It relates to Hannibal in a very circuitous way. <laughs> Which Justin's going to isolate the bit and then put a audio for it. Um, but there, there's a funny. It's the one we saw. I think it was the preview for Green Butchers. Yeah. We were like, wow, there was just a... So you guys had never seen it when we saw Green Butchers? No, but we were like, it? yeah, we rented That's it. We got hysterical. it because we still have Netflix discs. So mm-hmm. we rented. I just got the disc. Um, but you might be able to rent it and yeah. pay for it. I have no idea. Um, but it's about young women who are like at a spy school. It's kind mm-hmm. of like Charlie's Angels. Mm-hmm. Or uh, She Spies. Or She Spies, Justin's favorite show ever. <laughs> and uh, and. The, uh, you know, the main villain is a woman who is like taken over her super villain dad's business Mm. and star-crossed lovers. Mm. Uh, and it's, um, it's ridiculous. Cool. And so like (laughs) just over the top, but it seemed like the people, like they have, you know, behind the scenes talking with the actors and stuff who seem to really have enjoyed doing it and the writer and, director it was based off i think a comic that she put together and oh, put online okay which i will really check cool. it out do you have more to say justin and kid rock's sister is actually a really great actress she's <laughs> super engaging fun to watch in the background she didn't have that many lines but like she sold everything yeah, <laughs> yeah i forgot it was kid rock's sister so she got all the talent in the family yes exactly yeah, that's good so if you need some light viewing but i didn't even know i was watching it i was like is this a lesbian love story? Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> and it wasn't, I don't even think it, it wasn't even like a coming out story. No. It was just there and people were like, okay, thank God. Well, hey, the, that's the great. The character didn't know that she was a lesbian. They were just like, oh, I'm into this. This is cool. Yeah. There's no awesome. questioning about it. It was like, all right, now I'm in love with this person. That's it's great. great. <laughs> yeah. It was more about the fact that it was a villain and a good good person. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. Thanks, Justin. Yes. That was a good one. I Debs. forgot about that. We still have the desk here so he could rip that audio. <laughs> and I'm like, let's go. I want to watch something else. Um, okay. So you can visit Headful of Hannibal at headfullofhannibal.com, Headful of Hannibal on Tumblr and Instagram, and Headful of Hanny on Twitter. You, you can be the first person to call us ever at 302-404-HEAD. <laughs> What special prizes await you? Who the hell knows? knows? Um, If you want to ask questions, leave comments, or correct any of our pronunciations. And if you listen on iTunes, please leave a rating to help people find us, and because it makes us feel good. So, Jen? Yes? I'm like, don't go into the murder basement, but don't look under your bed either, because you don't know it's there. Yeah, don't let your feet dangle on your bed tonight. Just jump right in from, like, five feet away. (laughs) The thing I did as a kid... I might still do occasionally. I'm going to do it tonight after watching this episode. (laughs) Bye. Bye.